Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Gun violence has gotten bad in the Bay Area. In Oakland, gun deaths hit triple digits for the third straight year. And each of those deaths represent a person and a community traumatized by gun violence. There are a bunch of different ways to address gun violence. There's the ballot box, on the ground community organizing. And in Oakland, there's also town nights. I can see how it could be kind of misconstrued as just like a feel-good event. But as part of a broader holistic strategy, it really is a very effective strategy for building community and building positive community connection. Oakland's Department of Violence Prevention, along with local organizations, say one way to prevent gun violence is investing in culture. So today we're going to talk about what that looks like and unpack how arts and culture is part of the solution. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. It was this super lively, wholesome gathering on a Friday night. Nastia Voinovskaya is an associate editor at KQED Arts and Culture. The Town Nights event I went to was at Josie De La Cruz Park in Fruitvale, and it was this super intergenerational crowd, kind of families mingling. Uh, there was a bounce house, a petting zoo with baby goats and pigs. Um, there were some really cool custom cars parked on the stage next to the DJ. Um, who was playing like dancehall, hip hop, reggaeton, and then there was also a live performance from Los Racas. Who are a Panamanian American hip hop duo that got their start in Oakland, grew up in East Oakland, kind of performing at youth centers in the community. And now that they're Grammy nominated artists who've toured the world and have this global platform. They just gave this free, really low key concert where like, Kids, elders, people of all ages were dancing and having a really good time. So it was a really positive kind of soul nourishing space. Kind of sounds like a block party to me. What is Town Nights exactly? 
So Town Nights uh, was a program this summer in Oakland put on by the Department of Violence Prevention. Um, so yeah, you might think that an event like this would be put on by a concert promoter or some kind of company, but actually it was funded by the city as part of their holistic violence prevention strategy as a way to kind of promote community belonging and social cohesion. So the way that they did that was by partnering with the different community groups with really deep roots. Um, the one that I went to was put on by the group Courage, which stands for Communities United for Restorative Youth Justice. Um, they also worked with groups like Homies Empowerment, um, and uh, Bridges, which is an organization in Chinatown, um, the Black Cultural Zone, and others. And so the, these are our community activists working in spaces of public health and violence prevention that have really, really deep relationships with the folks li living in areas in most impacted by gun violence in East, West, and Central Oakland. So the idea was not to have the city or public officials kind of parachute into these spaces, but rather have the folks that are, that are really building these deep community relationships, put on these events, let everyone have a good time, but also connect people to their resources. Hmm. And it's for the hood, by the hood, because the people who are organizing it are their neighbors. So I spoke with George Galvis. He's the co-founder and executive director of Courage. The root causes, food, clothing, and shelter. And I would probably add like social emotional health. He really spoke to the need to, as Oakland has this spike in gun violence, to really address the root causes, which he sees as a lack of resources. In 2010, there was a significant drop in gun violence across the Bay Area. Experts attributed it to violence prevention interventions, like town nights that connect people to resources. But at the start of the pandemic, violence levels rose again. 2021 was Oakland's deadliest year since 2006. And this year, the city reached a third straight year of triple-digit killings. What do we know about why gun violence has increased in parts of the Bay Area since the pandemic, including in Oakland? When there were still restrictions on gatherings because of COVID, um, violence interrupters from the Department of Violence Prevention and some of these other groups um, weren't going out into communities nearly as much. So people were really cut off from these life-saving forms of assistance. And another reason is just people were um, unemployed, um, the, you know, hunger and food insecurity rose in the community. And um, people also didn't have um, positive social outlets. Many people were struggling with mental health. And when you add that to the compounded trauma of, of some of these underserved communities, um, people point to that as a cause for the rise as well. This is actually something George talked about as well. And so I think it's fair to say that like a lot of our most vulnerable community members were also the ones who were most impacted by this pandemic in terms of social, emotional, financial, everything. You know, if they were already on the edge, they basically are now hanging by a thread or the thread's broken and they've been pushed off the edge, right? So, uh, I mean, you talked about the reasons why gun violence has spiked um, across the Bay Area and in Oakland over the last few years. So why 
events like town nights to sort of help prevent gun violence? What is it about an event like this that experts say and that the folks you talk with say is necessary? So the the Department of Violence Prevention takes what it calls a public health approach to gun violence. So there's people at the center of the violence, the people who are exposed, the people who are at risk of violence. Then there's a this kind of outer circle that they look at that includes connecting people to, to resources that would kind of put them in a better life position. That could include housing, um, reentry coordination, um, youth and young adult employment training, and, and life coaching and things like that. And then there's this outer tier that relates to transforming the social context that violence takes place in. So that also includes arts and culture because culture promotes connection and belonging. It allows people to express themselves and motivates them to get involved in their communities. And all of that is really important as people continue to be isolated because of the pandemic. Community cohesion is critically important to violence reduction. So I spoke with Chief Guillermo Cespedes. He's the chief of Oakland's Department of Violence Prevention, and he's been doing this kind of work in in Oakland, in Los Angeles, and in Honduras for over 30 years. Violence is much lower in communities that have services, cohesive, have recreational and arts activities. So that's a no-brainer. He spoke about how during the the five weeks that town nights took place, he he would visit all these parks and he would just see these really lovely connections between neighbors, even people that didn't speak the same language. Um, and he he talked about the value of of neighbors connecting with one another in this very playful, safe, and intentional environment where people are getting to know each other and kind of forging these relationships. This is all part of changing that narrative of fear. Uh, at Verdis Carter Park, I had conversations with people that probably had never been to Verdis Carter Park before. And they actually have been trying to contact me at City Hall. And the meeting that should have been taking place at City Hall took place at Verdis Park. And Nasio, what do we know about whether events like this actually work at preventing gun violence? The Department of Violence Prevention shared some preliminary data from um, crime statistics during town nights. And so they found that um, across the four weeks that town nights took place, homicides and assaults with a firearm were down in West, Central, and East Oakland by 37%, which is pretty significant. The activists I spoke with that were part of town nights also talked about the difficulty of tracking um, the success of violence prevention because it's pretty straightforward to tally up the number of shooting victims in a given week, but um, it's much harder to tell how many crimes that would have happened didn't happen and, and why. If we're going to use data and stats, I think we need to have a full conversation on it that includes the nuances and context. So John Jones III, who's the director of reentry and violence prevention programs at BOSS, which stands for Building Opportunity for Self-Sufficiency, put this really well. He's a really experienced violence interrupter, and this is what he said. Well, how do you prove that, A, 
person A was going to shoot person B. I intervene. Person A is not going to go to OPD and raise their hands or go to the media and say, John is right. Yeah, he stopped me. I was going to kill this guy. No, that's the, he's not going to convict himself, right? So I think we do have to change the way we approach this. I mean, so Nastia, we talked about all the ways that events like this sort of bring people together and can sort of play the role that it plays in improving the conditions of communities um, as a way of addressing gun violence. Do you think we can expect to see more events like this? Yeah, absolutely. The Department of Violence Prevention did tell me that town nights will be back next summer, but even without city funding, the community groups involved are continuing to put on these types of feel-good events that also promote civic engagement. In Defemory Park in Oakland last weekend, which is also known as Little Bobby Hutton Park, named after uh, Black Panther, um, there, there was a community event called the Life is Living Festival, and one of the groups involved was the Black Cultural Zone, which was also um, a group that put on a town nights event. And it had all of these family-friendly activities, um, an edutainment stage, like educational entertainment, um, th- this very Afrocentric um, cultural celebration, vendors, um, and then also a mayoral forum for the community where candidates could really address people's concerns in West Oakland. I feel like every time we talk about gun violence, there's always this sort of debate about gun control or a debate about policing, and that stuff is important too, but what did you learn about why we shouldn't forget about the role of culture and investing in community events like these by reporting this story? Yeah, I, I learned that that gun violence doesn't happen in isolation. It's really part of the this web of factors that really constitute the quality of life in neighborhoods. So after the racial justice protests of 2020, we saw a lot of people talking about alternatives to policing, but we haven't really seen it funded in the same way. For example, in the 2021-2022 fiscal year, the Oakland Police Department budget was $336 million. And in comparison, the Department of Violence Prevention budget was just under 25 million. So we've seen some de- some positive impacts of the Department of Violence Prevention's efforts, but it's really unclear what what these strategies could really do if, if they aren't funded sustainably or on a greater scale. Violence tends to happen in areas that have a history of disinvestment from the city where there are schools that, that are being closed down where there, there isn't good infrastructure. And there's also this history of trauma of um, both from community violence and police violence as well. So if we want to address violence in a sustainable way, I think we have to also look at these surrounding factors and, and really focus on the quality of life of all residents, including low-income residents especially. Nastia, thank you so much. Thank you, Erica.
Nastia Voinovskaya is an associate editor at KQED Arts and Culture. We'll leave you a link to Nastia's full web article on town nights with links and photos of the event in our show notes. This 28-minute conversation was cut and edited by producer Maria Esquinka. Alan Montesilio scored this one and added all the tape. And before you go, here's a periodic reminder as we get closer to Election Day that we've got a whole series breaking down every statewide proposition on the ballot. You can find all of those at kqed.org slash the bay. I'll also leave you a link to a Spotify playlist with all the episodes in one place in our show notes. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair, available wherever you get your podcasts.